ish. What there up, it ladies is. and gents? <laughs> this is round number two for the business, bro. And we got some, uh, we got another good one here for you. Uh, I got the honor to be on his show. Now he's going to give me the honor and be on my show. Who are we talking mm-hmm. about? We'll find out. Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business and social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business, business Bros. <laughs> All right, James, your turn. Fire well, speaking of fire, I think the heat wave here might be nearing its end, but it's sure to be a fire episode of the Business Bros Pod today. We're excited to bring onto the show another highly talented leader in his industry, a man whose expertise is in making companies shine through public relations, especially in social media spheres. Among his firm's clientele are some pretty big names like 7-Eleven the University of Phoenix, and Duracell. We couldn't be more thrilled to have such a high-caliber individual on the show today, so tune in to learn from an expert in media relations, content creation, e-publishing, and, of course, podcasting, so much more. Joining us today from AGPR and the PR After Hours podcast, welcome to the show, Alex Greenwood! Oh man, I mean, please, everyone, sit down, please. I mean, really, <laughs> I, I'm embarrassed. Jeez, oh, Louis, thank you. No, James, Hernan, thank you so much for having me on your show. I've I've been so looking forward to this since Hernan appeared on my show uh, a couple of months ago. Yeah, I mean, it's funny how time flies, right? I mean, wasn't yeah. it early early COVID? I mean, I, I guess that's like early a new COVID. time. It's a new time era, right? You have BCB. You have, yeah, <laughs> you have AD, you have BC, and then <sighs> before COVID. And uh, after COVID, now you have BC and AC. My daughter's <laughs> name is Caroline, so we have uh, we have BC and a, you know uh, after so you know before Caroline yeah. and after. So I get now it's the COVID thing. You're exactly right. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know. They're both been pretty disruptive in my life, but not to be too flippant about it. But uh, but both of them, there's lessons to be learned. So there you go. <laughs> Like, yeah, like don't have too many kids. Uh, enjoy them while they're still young. Uh, what else? Uh, you know, cover your mask or your face with a mask. I don't know. A different era? No, no. Same type of thing, I guess. I don't know. What's the- <laughs> anyway, wash your hands. Wash your hands, when, right? When, you're really, when they're really young, you do want a mask at times. And we, I think we all know what I'm talking about here. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yikes. Yikes. Oh, man. All right, Alex. I want to ask you, man, what's, uh, what's, been, what's been some of your biggest problems as of late? Like, last we talked it was the beginning of covid we're in a couple months uh you know things were looking eerie what what else has come about since we've last spoken well hernan when we spoke uh, now just a little bit of backtracking let you know a little bit about my me and my my work here now i'm 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 much older than i look obviously but i've been (laughs) uh, i've been working uh, in journalism and then pr basically on a corporate level for, uh, I was doing that for at least about 20 years, 20, 20, maybe 22 years. And then I, the past 10 years, almost 11 years, it'll be 11 years in January, I went out on my own. I hung out my shingle and I started my own agency here in Kansas City, Missouri. And we uh, were a full service PR and agency. We did some marketing help too and, and that sort of thing. And we, we've been doing pretty well. Uh, they started out, I started out as a solopreneur 
And about three years in, started hiring people to help me. And I built up to about a staff of about six and we had office space, the whole shebang. That was around 2014, 2015. And I did that for a good couple of years with a full boat of people. And then I got to the point where I was uh, basically working like a, like a dog to, to keep all people, these people employed and to do these things. And that's great. But it was kind of like, you know, the dream of being your own boss is also said that dream that you're not constantly working. And I, I got to that point. So at that point I started shifting and I started downsizing a little bit and what I call right sizing my agency and flexing to, you know, we get a little bigger. I could bring people in on big projects or big clients and, and shrink that way and just kind of work that way. And that seemed to be working. And in fact, I was doing really well right before COVID. We had just done a, uh, we'd been two years. We've been the market manager for Cabot Creamery Co Cooperative out of Vermont, which is a national, uh, basically national, we call it Cabot cheese, right? But it's a national cheddar brand. Now, I know in San Diego, I don't know if you have it, but East coast, it's huge. And they, we were an expansion market here in Kansas city. And we did a couple of years with them. And that was, you know, that was winding down a little bit, but then COVID hit and that just, they just kind of had to stop and put the brakes on. And that kind of happened. That started happening as a domino effect. Um, started seeing that go March. Then by April, second week, of April, I mean, we were down to, I was just down to like, I didn't need any help with anything. I was just finishing up projects from previous clients who were just saying, we're going to pause because when I understand that's that, crazy, like, the, uh, the restaurant that we went to yesterday, basically the same thing. They were like, they cut 60% of their staff. They're like, we don't even do sushi no more. And we went to that place specifically because they had good or sushi. sushi. <laughs> By the way, I went and had sushi yesterday after all. So that was delicious. <laughs> okay, I'm out. No, there's no oceans out there. I we but we have believe it or not, we have great restaurants seen here. And so we're seeing a lot of the same things here. Although I know your sushis are like mm, that much fresher than ours. And <laughs> I haven't I haven't had any since April and I, I am dying for it. Now there there's one of the grocery stores that kind of has it, but it's a grocery store sushi thing. And that I may just have to break down and get it. But I, I envy you being seaside and you can get some wonderful sushi. But but yeah, we're seeing the same thing here and we're seeing, you know, a lot of restaurants trying to pivot and being smart, doing that smartly by curbside or delivery or mm -hmm. selling groceries for that matter out of the store, just working with their purveyor to sell groceries. And that's that's something I've always been fascinated about uh, is how businesses can pivot during a crisis. For example, I've had a few guests on my show, including one. Uh, he's a restaurant industry executive named Brian Hutton, and he was in March predicting a lot of the things we're seeing now with uh, ghost kitchens and curbside and switching to groceries, pivoting, all these things. And so that puts it back in my lap at long last to answer your question. What's going on with me? Well, I'm having to find different avenues. A lot of the folks who are my strategic partners or are my trusted uh, people I bring in for projects, um, they're scrambling to find work just like I am. Um, so what I've had to do is kind of reopen my content creation business. I, I'd kind of gotten away from that. I'm, I start my career basically as a writer and I think I'm a pretty decent writer and I found more and more work creating content because the internet is still there and brands still need good writing, whether it be blog posts or whether it be stuff for, for web or the website, that kind of thing, ad copy, whatever it may be. And so I'm kind of going back to my roots. So long answer to your question is, uh, I'm still facing challenges and rebuilding my business. I'm 
I can't say the name of it, but I did just sign a contract, two contracts, actually one yesterday and one today. Uh, one's a local heat and air company and I'm helping them with a crisis comm plan. And then the other one is a national brand. I, I can't really talk about that just yet. So I'm very excited to have those two projects. That puts me, I would say at about 60% capacity, which is huge since basically it went off a cliff in May and June. Man, that's that's some crazy stuff. Though. You know, it's funny because you see this over and over and over again where where you have some sort of cycle. This is a crazier one, I guess, a uh, world pandemic. But but cycles come and go. They 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 happen all the time. And when you have some of these downward cycles, uh you see companies that pull back and they pull back in in budgeting and one of the first things that always goes is their marketing expense, right? It's the it's the first thing that goes away. Uh and and ironically, this is the time where you need to actually more like double down. You need more exposure. You need to let people know that you're still in business. We're assuming that, you know, the places that we would go to that everybody, if everybody's going out of business, well, nobody's going shopping. Well, nobody's going to that restaurant. Well, nobody's doing business in, in that area. They laid everybody off. And that's not always the case. You were talking about you, you right-sized, right? You downsized so that your business is more efficient. It didn't mean you fell off the map and disappeared, we're still in business here. We still we still can do stuff, and I think a lot of companies are 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 pivoting now. But they took a big hit at the very beginning. The first couple months, they struggled with, you know, I need to cut, 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 and then they realized, oh wait, this isn't going to be one or two months. This might be here for quite some time. Now it's time to shift. But you've you've kind of wasted those last couple months. Sounds like you put yourself in a in a nice position where you're ready to go. I uh, yeah, and you know what I. This sound. This was something I, I resisted, and I don't know why I did. I'm going to share this with this national audience of yours. That's something I did. I, I'm not going to lie. I spent April and good chunk of May not wallowing necessarily, but definitely being bummed. Okay, and just had that weird disconnect. I'm I'm stuck here at home, and and you know, uh, you know, I'm getting fat because I can't go to my gym and all this stuff. It's just, you know, <laughs> and I, I just you know, nothing's nothing's going great, and. So I, you know, I kind of gave myself those in the mirror speeches. Come on, man, this is an opportunity to to stay in shape. This is an opportunity to work on your next novel. This is an opportunity to build more business. This is a challenge, but it's also an opportunity. But it took me, I'm not going to lie, guys, it took me six weeks or so to really rev up. And uh, long story short, too late, right? But long story short, I had a a colleague who's an editor colleague and and a writer. And he says to me, uh, basically, why aren't you doing more content creation? I'm like, well, I'm getting into it. I've got a few things. He says, yeah, um, but you should really be more proactive about it. And I'm like, well, I just don't know where to go. And he says, why don't you get an Upwork account? And I, and you know, silly me, I was thinking, oh, I don't know. I'm not really a freelancer. I'm, I have my own agency. I've got a reputation, but he, he, he said, try it. Don't be a snob, go try it. And now this is why I have, by the way, earned, I've, I've, I picked up some content creation pretty quickly off of Upwork. And I've also picked up one of my PR clients off of Upwork. So um, I, I advise folks out there, if you if you have those kind of skills um, that can be posted on Upwork, you might want to check that out. There's some other business type, uh, you know, uh, work billboards and things like that you can find. But I've been really pleased so far with how that's managed. That's a, that's a great piece of advice right there. Because, you know, when you said that, I'm thinking to myself, huh, you know, we put these labels on ourselves. I am yeah. not a freelancer, right? Oh, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I, I find my mm-hmm. own work and we don't put ourselves out there like that. And then we wonder why, damn, that guy's been tearing it up. I don't even know who he is because he put himself. In- I didn't think you had it in you. 
Yeah, he put himself in front of people that that exactly are looking for that service, right? right. I mean, it, it actually is basic knowledge. It's almost yeah. like I want to sell something that I have in my house. Huh? I want to sell this particular product. You know what? I'm going to put it on Craigslist. I'm going to put it on OfferUp. I'm going to put it, you know, in wherever it's going to be. And guess what? It's going to be sold because there's people looking, right? And it's the yeah. same thing with the with with uh with Upwork, right? You yeah. have a skill. Yeah, Might as well show it. put it on there and, and I'll be, you know, I, it's basically you, you create a profile and you say, I'm your Huckleberry when they're looking for, <laughs> you know, when they're looking for it. And, and that's what's great. And what I, I love is I can go through and I, you know, you pick the jobs you want to you want to go for, right? I yeah. mean, there's some of it's like, you know, there's some, I don't, I had financial services clients for years. I don't like financial services clients. They're nice people, but I don't like working with them because financial services is highly regulated and it's, it's a lot of hoops to jump through. It's just not as much fun. But then there's these other clients that I, uh, that you can pick up and you can just kind of pick and choose the types of projects that suit your skills, um, which is good too, because there is something else, guys, and I'm wondering, I want your opinion on this. Here I am turning the show over here i'm going to ask a question but but i want to i wonder this though do you do you see this or do you have you experienced this because this has happened to me a couple of times and it's bit me in the rear end a few times over the span of my career but and i haven't as managed to do it yet here with COVID. and i hopefully i won't but perhaps getting to a stage where you become desperate and you'll do anything and even just kind of fake it till you make it to try to get a job or get a project but then you get in the middle of it and the job is misery making because you're you're, you're sweating because it's not really the your best suited thing, right? Um, mm -hmm. If you ever, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not being real clear here, but maybe trying to trying to get a job because you're a little desperate, and then you get the job, and then you realize, I'm probably not going to do like the A plus job these folks expect of me. Well, I, yeah, I spent yeah. seven years, seven months, and 21 days living that way. Called <laughs> <laughs> well, the Navy. <laughs> that was the U.S. Navy for me. <laughs> the toughest job you'll ever love. <laughs> No, it was, uh, I mean, it was, it was definitely the type of thing where I went in, um, because of a broken heart. Okay. Oh. So bad, bad reasoning to get in to begin with. Uh, and then I spent basically the first two years refusing to conform. Right. Uh, oh. I had kind of the same mentality where, uh, I, I was a business owner, right? Like I was my own boss before I joined the Navy. Now I've got this 19 year old kid telling me what to do. I'm 22 because he's been in for a year and I'm just barely getting to the ship. And it took me two years to, to just conform and start playing the Navy game. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and Alex don't, I mean, it, it's, it's what a lot of people, a lot of employees feel on a regular basis, right? You're doing, you're exchanging your time for money because you have a necessity to put food on the table. You have a necessity to pay some bills and you know that that is the quickest way to attain, uh, you know, like some sort of stability. Right. But at the time it's probably because we're not willing to weigh the risk or we're not willing to risk going out and getting it yourself. Like you could have attained the same thing if you would have at that point gone and done the Upwork thing, right? Just right. post your stuff up there. But instead, you know, you saw it as, uh, I don't know, like most of us look at certain things and we decide that we're above that or or that's not to our level or that for whatever reason doesn't meet the criteria that we set for ourselves. So we don't take the opportunity. Hey man, like, you know, a buck, in your pocket is better than a buck that you don't have, right? right. Regardless of where it comes from. So, you know, you put yourself out there and, and do it, but that uncomfortable feeling, I think that's, 
that's a gut check for ourselves, right? Like if you're doing something that you wake up every day and you hate Mondays, you know, you look forward to Fridays, the weekend can't last, you know, very long, like then you're in the wrong thing for your own mind and and you put up with it because of the paycheck, but it's not yep. truly who you are. Yeah. I mean, I've been there too. If you have the Sunday night blues, I tell people this all the time. If, if, if by Sunday afternoon you get the creeping dread and then by Sunday night, you don't even want to go to bed because you're just like, Oh, I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to wake up. It's going to be Monday and I got to go to that job. I hate. That's one of the principal reasons I started my own firm. And that's, and I have, I've really, there've been a few times I wanted to look back, but uh, we were pretty successful right off the bat, had a very good client. We had KU School of Business, University of Kansas School of Business right away with my first client when I, right out of the box. And that was built on a lot of networking I'd done previously. I was, before I started my firm, I was uh, the vice president of the uh, public television station here in Kansas City. And I, of course, met a lot of people and and I've just made my name since then. But you, Hernan and James, you both, you make these great points about, uh, about the, you've got to kind of get you know, you, I'm not the guy who invented this, right? But you got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable, but do your best not to put yourself in a situation where you've signed a, a very long hitch and you're going to be out <laughs> at sea on a boat and you can't swim home. Um, <laughs> hey, you know, Plenty you of people tried. Asking, James, you mind me asking, what kind of, what kind of vessel were you on? Uh, I was on a carrier on the USS Enterprise. Get out. You were on the yeah. Enterprise? I was on the Enterprise. I have a hat because, that, of course, I'm, I'm also a Star Trek fan. That's not why, but, but I have a hat, you know, the blue hat with the, with the, with the CVN number and all that stuff on yep, there. Man. Yep, CVN 65. Jeez. That, well, you know, that hey, is Alex, so cool. Do not feel bad. My dad loved the fact that James was on the Enterprise because of Jean-Luc He's Picard. Like, right? He's a Trekkie. Yep. So. <laughs> oh, man. I love it. There you go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's actually a captain in the Navy's Captain Kirk. Uh, I, I don't know if he's commanding the Enterprise now, but there is an actual captain of, an, of a ship. Anyway, I have my grandfather was on the <laughs> he was on the Pennsylvania in World War II. My grandfather, the battleship. Okay, Pennsylvania. I have a huge respect for the Navy. And uh, you remind me a little of one of my best friends. He was 25 or so. And he's kind of similar to you. He just joined the army. He was like 24, 25. He had his degree and all this stuff. And he he was just, he had a kind of, I think, a same, kind of a similar situation, just some disappointments in his life. So he joined the army and within, you know, within. And he matter, got another one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and within a few months, he was jumping out a perfectly good airplane. So I, you know. You, you know, know what? The, but I'll the, take the, it. The choices you make in life take you in all kinds of directions. Like now, mm -hmm. for example, like we, we're about to acquire full ownership. We're 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 in the process of of uh, of uh, I don't know amicably separating from our partners, right? Uh, and and James has built this entire organization structured. I mean, systematically, our whole insurance agency runs on like SOPs. It's a system. It's SOPs. It runs right? on SOPs. That's what it right? runs on. It runs on standard operating procedures. And I wouldn't have learned that without the military for my time in the Navy. Right. So so regardless, that woman broke his heart. And he went and signed that that piece of paper that says, all right, I'm going off with you, Uncle Sam. And he hated it at first. But you know what? They whipped him into shape. Like he became something a little bit better for himself. He put he was able to get out of the military and go to uh, go to college paid for by Uncle mm -hmm. Sam yeah. and actually implement the things that he learned in school. That's that's that was that's great. Not what everybody gets to do. Right. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but my I mean, mostly I was not like that. 
most of the population has the opportunity to do that. It's right. just not we 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 don't all do that. You know, I think uh, what is it? Two percent of the population that actually joins the military, something like that. It's not not a ton. You know, I and please don't think I'm just saying this because we're we're chatting here. But I mean, I've regretted not doing it myself. I, I think it would have been good for me in a lot of ways. Like we're discussing, I, I would have learned mm -hmm. some discipline at a younger age. Um, I mean, I've done all right. Don't get me wrong. I'm very happy with my life. But I think I think there are some places where I turned right that I should have gone left. And I think maybe if I'd had a little more discipline, a little more understanding of the way the world works, that would have been helpful. So uh, I recommend yep. that. It, but that's one reason why I have for, for years, I had to stop doing it a little bit before COVID, but I haven't picked it up again and I won't until COVID. That's one reason why as even a small agency owner, uh, I've had an internship program. I'm trying to help these young people get their feet on nice. the ground. We've had more than a dozen kids from area colleges and universities come through, and a couple of them now have gone on to work like at Edelman and some of the big PR firms. And one of them, by the way, who I adored, is now in San Diego. And I don't, I think she's since gone to business for herself, as a matter of fact, Alina. Nice. That's right. So anyway, I just, my point being, I think it's important the way you all are doing on this podcast, how you're trying to help and encourage entrepreneurship. Um, I view this kind of this kind of show and this kind of advice and this kind of it's not just the advice, it's the energy you both bring to this and and the optimism you bring to it as a way of kind of helping people, mentoring people via via the technology. So I, I just think you guys are great. And I think that this is an important thing that people who have achieved certain level of success like we have should do. Well, yeah, and, and well, thank you for that. But, it, but really, the way I always like to look at it is I get I get two things out of this. I get to meet somebody new almost every single day. And second, I learn from them, right? Like you've mm -hmm. gone through your own experiences, your ups and downs, your peaks, your valleys, whatever, you know, all that stuff. And it, just the way you think about things or the way you, you describe what's going on in your life or the hiccups that you've had, like those are all great learning experiences. That's what human connection is all about. We've passed on our skills and our, 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 our wisdom through stories, the whole, I mean, for, for generations upon generations, we're just doing it at a fun level now, right? Where we <laughs> distribute those stories a, a little bit differently, but we're doing the same thing, right? I mean, I yeah. feel like I get more and of an keep education. keep a fun history. Yeah, and keep a log, right? I, I, and yeah. that's the thing. I get I get a more of an education every day. I enjoy learning. I enjoy working. <laughs> James got me to watch uh, Hamilton for the second time. The wife got me to watch it the first time. I wasn't really getting into the the Disney than Hamilton very much. Right. I'm watching it the <laughs> second time, and I'm watching it with my wife, and and they keep talking about Alexander Hamilton. He works so hard. And he keeps doing all you know. He's fully you know ambitious and wants to get more and more and more. And she keeps looking at me. She's like, and it's funny because I, hey, it's I, her own fault. She was looking for a mind at work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, exactly. But, but Alex, I like what I do. I work a lot and I don't mind it. You know, there's a lot of people who hate to work. Like we were talking about earlier, they clock out, they're done. I'm not going to do pick up a single thing. I'm not answering a phone call, an email, nothing like that. But when it's yours and you yeah. like it. Mm -hmm. Is that totally okay? Game. I, I, I'm great with that, except that I have a tendency to, to go too far and then I get run down. And you guys are significantly younger than me. I'm an older dude. And I, I did I did have to kind of have a little rapprochement 
There you go with the big. That's why you brought me on, by the way. A little bit of pigeon French for you. A little report. Oh, yeah, ten dollar words. With yeah, there you go. And uh, for another nickel, you know, I get a cup of coffee with that. But uh, <laughs> if they would just open the store. Um, but I had to have a little word with myself about okay. So I I kind of do set a hard stop um, at a certain time of day, and that doesn't mean I don't cheat and go look at email and stuff like that. But I don't let. I'm sorry if clients are listening. I don't let clients know I do that because unless it's an emergency, I don't want clients to feel like they can just yank me out of bed at 2 a.m. unless they're a crisis mm. comm client. Now, that crisis clients, absolutely. I didn't, boy, Audi, does that happen? And that is, I know we don't have time to go into that. We're running close, I'm sure. But I uh, that's one aspect of my career that has always been full of adrenaline for me. My PR side is doing uh, crisis communications, uh, helping people what I call during a live crisis when something is, as we say, the stuff's going down, it's hitting the fan, et cetera, et cetera. James, I'm sure in the Navy, you never heard such language, but <laughs> never, um, ever, but, nope. but, we, but, but what I decided to do, I'm getting to a point here. What I decided to do though, is as much as the adrenaline of a live crisis is exciting and interesting uh, back to what I was saying previously, I do have to set some boundaries for myself. So what I do now is I will do live crisis. I get a call and it's something I can help with. Um, I'll do that. But what I'm focusing on now is is basically selling my services to help people write crisis communication plans so that when they come up to a situation, they have a plan on the shelf that they've rehearsed, they know what to do, and they can react positively because the first 15 minutes of a crisis will set the tone of how well or how poorly it's going to go for you. You'd be amazed at how many companies have zero crisis communication planning set. And that, so that's something that I'm working on now. And that helps me guys because um, I don't stress about helping people plan a crisis, but as I get older and my energy wanes a little bit, you know, and I, I, I can't get out of my rocking chair. Um, I like to, I like to just help with the planning as much as I can. So I, I just wanted to bring that up because I, I think, I think there's a huge, I have huge respect for what you're saying about, you know, if you, if you're doing something you love, it's not a pain in the butt to do it 24 seven, if you want to. But I, my advice though, is when you get a little older or your priorities shift a little bit, just set some guardrails for yourself because it's so easy when you run your own shop to just wipe yourself out. Oh yeah. Yep. No, I, I, and especially when you have a wife and kids, right? So I got, I have two, you know, a 10 and 11 year old and a wife. And if I, if I sit locked up in this office, for longer than eight <laughs> hours, I will not hear the end of it. And then I'll come back in here, but not with the same feeling. No, <laughs> I'm no. really guilty, right? So, <laughs> not with so, the same feeling. I like that. Not with yeah, the same feeling. It's not with the same feeling. I'm not saying I won't get stuff done. I'm just saying, oh. you know, they oh. might have to pull up a pillow in here or something. <laughs> <laughs> right? so, yeah, you know, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I get what you're saying. You know, having those boundaries in place is is definitely important. And I make it a point to, to you know, check out. But there's sometimes where, you know, I, I'm checking out and everybody's doing their own thing and i'm like you know what i am gonna grab my phone real quick and, <laughs> and i'm gonna hop on here and i'm gonna get some stuff done we, we've all or been you there. have your laptop you have your laptop while you're watching a movie whatever the case might be what yeah either one and of I'm, those and, but i'm like no honey i'm just checking wikipedia because i don't remember that actress's name i just want to check <laughs> who that is. oh right that's uh maggie smith okay that's good She's going to tell me I'm, I'm full of shit. shit. <laughs> language. Wait a second. No one else is going to deal with the fact that Cap just said language. I know. <laughs> oh, I know. I, just, I know. I just, by the way, I just, I'm not even a huge, oh, I'm not going to lie. I love those movies, but I, I don't, I try not to watch them too much because <laughs> they're long and you get lost. I just watched that one last weekend, man. That was, that's, that's such, I love that language. That's a blast. Oh man, we uh we you know I try not to watch them during the year very much, except 
for fourth of of july July. weekend fourth of july weekend we always uh, well i I can't say always this is the second year that we've done it we do a marvel movie marathon so for the whole weekend just the boys because the girls are invited but they don't always stick around right and we (laughs) sit down and watch all the marvel movies and we james james literally all of them all was 23 james 23 23 movies 23 movies nuts. and of course okay, we I, sit there we sit there and we plan and we do other things at the same time you know sure, but, but but 23 movies okay then if you don't mind me asking because you know this is just hear me i'm taking over again for a second favorite uh marvel movie and 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 least favorite go favorite marvel movie you want to go first or you want me to go first please go i mean the the least favorite is pretty easy it's, hulk. it's, it's the hulk <laughs> it's the one it's, the one with Edward, with Norton. Edward Norton. Yeah. 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 Cause he kind of looks like poor man Shrek in that one. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I, I, me, <sighs> it's not like Ruffalo who Ruffalo when he's like, you know, fully and he's got the glasses and the diner and mm-hmm. he's eating the eggs. I'm just like, so, so there, there's a good story, you know, with, with the Hulk and why it's the least favorite in the Marvel cinematic universe. And the the thing is that when Marvel Studios was going to launch the MCU, they had two approaches. One was the Iron Man formula, and the other was the Hulk formula. And they released those two movies so close together that they were basically, okay, which one's going to be more popular? The Iron Man formula became more popular. It, it found that, you know, that one, that one ended up being the more popular one. So all the movies after that followed that formula. So ah. the Hulk is just a completely different kind of movie. It's kind of that's, some A-B testing they did there. Mm-hmm. Exactly what they did. It's exactly what they did. I did yep. So that's the that. worst. Which one's your favorite? You, you know, um, I, hmm. I got sentimental. I think that, I don't think it's the best one. Okay. But I think it's my favorite. Just to be honest, straight up. I love Iron Man. I like the original Iron Man. That's Ooh, my favorite. Nice. Iron Man. That is a good one. That is a good one. It is. It definitely uh, is. I mean, Winter Iron Soldier's Man. great too, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a fan of uh, of when uh, which one was it when Thor gets his uh, his axe when he comes back. That was Infinity again. War. That was Infinity Wars. That's probably my favorite one. You all are in trouble now. Yep. Yeah. When he yep. comes down in Wakanda with that elect, you know, that lightning coming down, he's like, Aah. like there's yeah, you're, just you're, that, you're, that energy yeah. about him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man, um, and, 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 so and Endgame, man, I, I I love Endgame too, but it's very it's so sad. But you know, I'm sorry, James. What was your, was that your favorite too? Yeah, no, I it, no, it's honestly, I it's so hard for me to choose. Uh, I'm gonna <laughs> say Endgame because honestly, they they just rounded out the entire 22 movies at that point so so perfectly. Like yeah. they closed so many. I mean, they they had a couple of loopholes still. If you do enough reading, but they closed so many stories so beautifully. Um, and I watched that movie eight times in theaters, and cried every time. And I cried eight times in theaters, <laughs> bawling like a baby. Yeah, I'm. Uh, hey, so listen, good. Uh, so good. Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan. I was like 13, and Spock buys it at the end, and I'm blubbering. 13 year old boy just crying, you know. But and so, but then just to, to, to your point though, then I watched Endgame, and I I was like I could feel it coming, and I'm like sitting here with my family, I'm like, what are you? T-? I'm telling to myself, in, interior monologue, what are you doing? 
You're you're like an old man. What are you? What are you gonna? Are you tearing up? Are you serious? And then I'm back, and I'm like, shut up, you. This is this is bad. This is like when Spock died, you know. And and so I just. But Alex, you're a writer, man. You're a writer. You 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 want story like that. You love story to develop that way. When you have character arcs like that, when you when you are you're so. Uh, I don't know. Engage with the with the with the characters with the universe. I was talking about this the other day. When you walk out of a movie theater, it's a weird feeling when you walk out, right? I mean, it's been a long time since I've gone to the movies, but when you walk outside, hmm. it's almost like the reality that you walk into is not the reality because you spend so much time in the theater in their Engrossed. world. You're, You're in their world. Immersed. You're immersed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's what makes a good movie. Well, well squeeze those tears out if you got them. Well, yeah, and James, it's like you were saying too. Is, is you were saying that they 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 closed almost all of the the the, the loops with every almost everything, mm-hmm. as you said, and that's and I, yeah, I write fiction on the side, and and I've got a series, and what people really like is like I do a little bit of fan service. If you've read the previous six books, then you know in book seven there's going to be some callbacks to those previous books, which is right, what, right. One of the things I love about in the Avenger movies is why you're you're going to get these little in jokes, and you're going to be oh wow, they brought that character back. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. Michael Douglas is in this scene for what what a minute? Oh my gosh, you know, it's just it's it's great. I just love yep, it. So exactly. I sorry I didn't mean to go on about that. Man. No, 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 but it, it's okay. I can talk Marvel all day. I can do this all day. <laughs> I can do this all day. <laughs> if only we got paid for it. Alex, man, I had a blast with you today. Thank you, you very much for coming on the show. It was my pleasure, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Ladies and gents, check out Alex. Follow him on Facebook at Alex G-I-N-K-C. In, in KC, for those of you who don't see the connection there. He's in Kansas City. Uh, and uh, on the website, too, I think James just took it off. But, uh, yeah, Alex GPR. I mean, if you're going to have fun with somebody that you're going to work with, Alex is your guy. He's going to have some fun with you. You're going to laugh. Uh, if you're not a Marvel movie uh, buff, it's okay. He'll talk to you about Star Trek. You know I will. Can I just plug something real quick? Heck, yeah. Go, go for it. I, guys, it, you guys have so many more guests than I do, and I am not the number one show in San Diego like <clears throat> somebody I know here. But I, I PR After Hours is a show for people in PR, marketing, and just business in general. And we do two shows a week, and it's usually we, we interview 20, maybe there's 20 minutes per interview, 20, 25 minutes. Some, some go a little longer if you're cool like Renan. Um, but um, basically we do that, and then when we're not doing interviews, I just offer like quick what I call quick shots because it's the whole conceit is like it's a virtual lounge, like you're having a drink with me after work, and we're talking Marvel, Avengers, and all that stuff, and and PR. So if you're interested <laughs> in that kind of thing, please check it out, prafterhours.com. And we're of course available. Uh, PR After Hours is wherever you get your podcast. But if you're interested in being a guest, go to prafterhours.com and uh, hit me up from there. And have some fun, ladies and gents. Have some fun. Get out there. Meet people. This right. is like the new uh, networking, new dating, uh, new, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. This is how we meet people today. Welcome to the new world. Yeah. This is uh, this is what, what AC, right? After COVID. <laughs> AC. All right, ladies and gents. That's all we got for you guys today. Peace. Bye-bye. And we're out. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the business bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network 
www.businessbros.biz.